Hola, hello. Thank you for tuning in to Mujeres in the Know. Hey, everybody, it's Natalie here. How's everyone doing? I hope well. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Mujeres in the Know podcast. I'm so excited about today's episode because I have a super special guest, and I asked her if she would be interested in being a guest on the podcast, and she said yes. So I feel that she's a, the perfect guest to have right now. I'm going to ask her some questions on parenting. Uh, if you're a parent, this is going to be great for you because she's going to talk to us about how we can be a good parent during this pandemic. Of course, she's also going to give some advice to Latina women. Let me go ahead and introduce Maria Luisa Salcines. She's a freelance writer for The Monitor, the newspaper, and she's a published author for a book called Little Things Remembered, a collection of stories on love, parenting, and cultural identity. And she's also a contributing writer for the New York Times bestselling series, Chicken Soup for the Latino Soul where three of her stories were published and Chicken Soup for Moms Know Best. Let's go ahead and bring her in. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to talk to the Mujeres in the Know podcast. I'm honored to have you as a guest and we're going to go ahead and ask you some questions. Maria Luisa, can you tell us a little more about yourself? Where are you from? Uh, I was born in Cuba, in Guantanamo, and I immigrated to the United States with my parents in 1963. We immigrated via Spain, so we lived in Spain for a year until our visas to the United States came. And then uh, we came to the United States and ended up in McAllen because a, an uncle of mine had come to the United States before us and had traveled all down the coast of California and all the border, you know, all the border cities and had decided that McAllen was a great place to start a, the fabric business that we were in, in in Cuba. My father used to work with him in Cuba. And so that's how we ended up in McAllen. Did he start the fabric business in McAllen as well? Yes, my dad. Uh, so in Cuba, we had, uh, the store was called La Elegante. And then when we came to the United States, we opened Rio Bravo, which is downtown McAllen. Now my dad and his family also own Dos Rios and Novel Fabrics. And we've been in the Valley for, I came from Cuba in 63. So basically I grew up in the Valley. I was four years old and I've lived here my whole life. I met my husband, who's also Cuban, in McAllen of all places. He was born in Havana. I was born in Guantanamo, would have never met in Cuba. Uh, but his family also found out, you know, uh, back then the border was doing great. Business was awesome. And his father was also a businessman. And so they ended up, they ended up on the border as well. And uh, I met him when he moved to McAllen. I also know that you're a freelance writer and a contributing columnist for The Monitor in the newspaper. And I also know that you're um, the author of the book, Little Things Remembered. So yeah. can you tell us a little more about that? Well, um, I've been writing for The Monitor for 25 years. Love sharing my stories about parenting and life. Basically, I can write about whatever I want every week, you know, as far as it pertains to that. And uh, my book, Little Things Remembered, is a collection of, a lot, of many of the columns that appeared in The Monitor. And uh, it was published, uh, I think, like eight or nine years ago. And then I'm also the co-author of children's books, called Maggie's Visit to the Playroom, Playtime for Molly, Matt's in Trouble Again, and Matt Otra Vez en Problemas. And those books are on uh, play therapy, filiotherapy, and school counseling. And uh, my daughter and I just finished writing a book that is uh, going to be published by Mascot Books at the end of the year. 
And it's a children's book called uh, You Can Do It, Chickadee. And it's about a little chickadee that has depression. And so we're real excited about that. Oh, that sounds good. I want to read that. And I also know that you are a contributing writer for the New York Times bestselling series, The Chicken Soup for the Latino Soul. Can you tell us a little more about that? Uh, when uh, Chicken Soup put out that they were looking for Latino writers and that they were going to do a chicken soup for Latinos, I sent them uh, five of my stories and uh, three of them were published in the Chicken Soup for the Latino Soul. I was the only uh, writer that had three stories published in that book. And then I also had uh, a story published in Chicken Soup for Moms Knows Best that I'm very proud of too. That's exciting to be a part of the Chicken Soup uh, family. Yes, of course. That's amazing. What are some things we can do to help ourselves remain calm during this pandemic and find some balance? I think, I mean, one of the most important things as it pertains to families is you need to ask your children how they're feeling, because sometimes I think during this whole pandemic, you know, the kids are listening to the news and they're listening to parents talk and they kind of don't understand what is happening. And so it's very important to ask your children, how are you feeling? You know, do, do you have any questions? And one way that I suggest families do this is to have a family meeting and, and allow all your children to share their feelings and, and, and answer their questions as, depending on their age, answer it as truthful as you can. Another thing to do during this time, and I'm constantly telling parents this because I'm in the last few months, I've been doing a lot of parent coaching because a lot of parents are struggling. They're working from home, the kids are home, and there's a lot of stress going on in the family. Some parents have lost their jobs. And um, one thing that I tell them is don't complain in front of your children because your attitude as a parent determines uh, how your children are gonna feel and how they're gonna act. And so be as positive as you can. Um, give each other space. That's another thing that I always tell everybody. When, when everybody's stressed and, and you're all in the house, uh, make little corners in your home kind of for everybody to go to, you know, uh, make a, a little, I always like to call it like quiet time. Tell the kids, you know, mom needs some quiet time. Um, and, and teach them how when mom needs quiet time, she's going to go to her room and relax for a little while and read a book and they can do the same thing. Take a corner of your house and put some stuffed toys there, uh, books, coloring books, whatever they like to play with and show your kids how to give themselves space and time to unwind because emotions right now with this pandemic are running really, really high. And so parents are having discipline problems with their kids, siblings are fighting with each other, and it's just the stress that we're all feeling. Another thing that I tell parents is be sure that everybody is eating healthy and getting enough sleep. Because this summer, you know, no one was kind of like on a schedule for a while. The kids got out of whack with their, their bedtimes and everything. And when this happens, children get very, they don't behave. When children are tired, or they're hungry, or they're not feeling well, they're going to misbehave. So to bring down the behavior issues in your home, be sure that your children are eating well, that they're eating their meals the way they usually do, that they're going to sleep at a, at a, at a normal hour and getting enough sleep. And also exercise, get everybody outside, go for walks with your family, uh, you know, do things outdoors. That's very important right now. Is there any other ways a parent can help their child or children get through this pandemic? I think the most important thing is giving your child emotional support. 
and guidance, right? So what, what we want more than anything is for our children to learn from this pandemic is that difficult situations and setbacks are part of life. And so you want your child to be resilient, right? And so resilient children are independent, they're confident, they're curious, they're caring, and they're patient. And so all these things right now during the pandemic, these are a lot of things that we can be teaching our kids. You want them to learn that we're all going to have struggles and, and that it's okay, that life is just not always happy. And that just like, you know how when we're gone vacation, it seems like time just flies. You get there and you think, oh, I have a whole week you know, ahead of me. And then all of a sudden the vacation's over. Well, you need to tell your kids that the same thing happens with bad times or difficult times in life. It seems like the time doesn't pass, but it does. It does pass quickly. You can either wallow in self-pity and, and be complaining about it, or you can make the most of it and find something positive every day to be grateful for. And remember the good that you have. You know, life is, is not like one happy road all the time, but life is filled with little pockets of happiness. And I think that's a really important lesson that children need to learn. You know, that everything is not always gonna be, yay, wonderful, happy. No, no, there's ups and downs in life, but even those ups and downs in life can be happy moments and can be moments shared by a family and, and that's what the family is about, supporting each other through these difficult times. What's one thing that we can learn from this pandemic that we can apply to the rest of our life? I mean, life is out of our control. And this pandemic has been a reminder of that, that we all had plans. We all had things that we were going to do or want to do. And all of a sudden, everything came to a halt. Another thing that, that uh, we have learned through this pandemic is that we should be prepared you know, for unexpected situations, have savings. So many young couples today live day to day and they don't save money. I've had a lot of parents tell me these past few months how much money they've been saving since they haven't been going out to eat or paying for a gym or, you know, spending money needlessly. Now they realize how much money they were spending before all of this and they've been able to save this money. So this has all been a learning process too for all of the country, I think. I think we've learned a lot of things. I think we've learned how there was a lot of things we thought we needed that we can live without. And, um, and that's one of the things that the good and the bad of America is all the wonderful things that are available to us. The bad is that sometimes we want it before we can afford to have them. And so that's something that I, I always want young couples to, don't put that stress on your, on your family, you know? Save your money, put your priorities, like make sure you know what your priorities are. Value what is really important, which is your health, your family, your relationships. Those are the things that are important. The fancy car, the big house, the gadgets that you buy, those things are not really important in life. And I think a lot of a lot of couples and a lot of families have learned that during this time. How do you suggest parents approach the topic of social media with their children? This is a very, very important issue right now that parents are facing. Um, parents really need to be diligent when it comes to social media. We don't live in a world that protects children. It really doesn't. It used to be in the 60s when I was growing up here in McAllen. I remember my brother and I would ride our bikes everywhere. We would be out, I mean, we would be out all day long. My mother would say, be back for lunch at such and such time. And we would come home, have lunch, and then go back out again. And that's not the world we live in anymore. 
you don't have that freedom. It's really a dangerous world, unfortunately. And social media has a lot of positives, but and it has enriched our lives. But in many ways, there are a lot of things that are not appropriate for kids. Actually, there's more things that are not appropriate for children than there are appropriate. And we see that because parents work, because a lot of kids are, are home alone, younger children are having cell phones and are having access to the internet. And it's very, very dangerous. I mean, there's a lot of danger on social media. Um, if I was a parent of a young a child right now, I would definitely uh, look into those apps. I don't know if you've heard about those apps. There's a lot of apps that parents can put on their phones and their computers. For example, there's one called Bark, and it's like $5 a month, and you can monitor 30 different platforms with that app. And it tracks your children's social media, their texts, their emails, what they're seeing. Uh, this, this app in particular has won awards from the National Parenting Center, Mom's Choice Awards. It's, it's something that parents are very happy and they're using it. There's another one called uh, Gustodio. It's Q-U-S-T-O-D-I-O. And that one is in English and in Spanish. And that one also tracks calls and texts and blocks pornography and risky apps from your child's uh, social media. You know, I'll tell you that a lot of parents, you know, will say, but am I being a terrible person to be tracking? Am I invading their privacy? And this is what I, I always tell them. Don't hide it from your children. Tell your children, if you want a phone, just know that mom and dad are going to be looking into what you're seeing and, and what you're doing. And so that is the condition that you're getting your phone. And if your kids are not okay with that, then they shouldn't have a phone to begin with. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. My next question is, I it's kind of a personal question for myself, but I'm, maybe there's other moms that want to know this as well. I have a six-year-old son and a one-and-a-half-year-old son, and I'm guilty of babying them and, and kind of smothering them sometimes with affection. And is this something as moms we need to be more careful not to do? Does it have a negative effect on our child to be so affectionate and loving and maybe a little bit babying towards them? There's a difference between babying and affection. Mm -hmm. So, okay. you know, you can never give your child too much affection, ever. The hugs, yeah. the kisses, the pats on the shoulder. Uh, like, you know, if your child is on the computer or playing a game and you walk by and you, and you rub their shoulders as you walk by, I mean, those are all things that are very important for a child, for his well-being. Affection equals connection. The more we hug, the more we play with our kids, the more affection we show, the closer you will be to your child. Now, babying is different because when you baby a child, you enable the child from maturing, from learning skills, from doing things on their own. So that's something that I don't think we should do. For example, there's parents that do everything for their kids. Uh, they dress their kids, they pick up the toys for the kids because it's quicker. They, when they're getting their children in the car, for example, they, they don't wait till the, the child who's a toddler, maybe three or four, uh, gets in the car. They just pick them up and put them in the car. Those are things that, all those are skills that you, I mean, unless you're in a hurry, you should allow your child to do because teaching them how to dress themselves, that's that's very important. And that's also going to help you as a busy mom if your child can get dressed in the morning. Um, 
having them pick up their toys teaches responsibility having them feed the dog like for example if even if your child is three you can put the the food inside a bowl and then give it to your child and say here you know give it to the dog um le letting your child help you bring in the groceries you know that's something that is going to make your child feel important what we want as parents is that they know that they're loved and that they're valued and appreciated And one of those ways is by allowing them to be independent and thanking them when they pick up their toys and thanking them when they get their plate and take it to the kitchen. And children as young as two can be doing that. So don't worry about it. if you're hugging and kissing and playing and giggling and tickling your child and all of that, that is great. You need to keep doing that. The babying part is the part that will enable your child from maturing and moving forward. And I'm going to add in a question there, if it's okay, Maria Luisa. Sure. Um, I know, you know, school just started and a lot of parents are feeling overwhelmed and a little, you know, stressed out with the distance learning. Is there any advice you can give to parents and also to teachers to help them remain, you know, calm and not be stressed out? Well, stressed out, we're all stressed out. I, yeah. I don't know about you, Natalie, but I'm exhausted all the time. Yeah, my husband and I talk about it. We get up and we're tired. And and you know what it is? It's because everything that's happening in the world and you know, some of us have lost loved ones and the news and the election and the economy and business. If you have a business, my husband owns McAllen Sports. Uh, we've been in business 40 years and business has been affected tremendously. So yes. the stress is there. The only thing I can tell parents is that with school the most important thing is you know when your child goes back to school you always get them on a schedule you have them going to bed early you you have certain rules right so now that they're at home you need to make sure that you're following those same rules that your child is going to bed early that your child is is you know has dinner at the same time every day that you allow your child to play and then do his homework the way you used to. Make sure he's on a, a school schedule because children always feel more secure when they know what's happening next, especially young children. So if they know that they have to get up and, and then it, you know, then you tell them and then you're going to do this and then you're going to do that and you explain the day to them, you know, they're going to know what's going to happen. And so they're going to feel better. As far as moms, some of them are working. I know because I talk to them, I am doing a lot of Zoom meetings with moms and it's so overwhelming. These moms are working at home and then they have little ones. I have a son who's doing that right now. He, he lives in LA. He's got a two-year-old. His wife is a therapist. He works for Warner Brothers. But moms just and dads need to remember that everyone right now is in the same boat. Everybody is feeling the same thing. Everybody's going through the same things. So it's just, it is what it is, you know? Make the best of it. Don't, don't be hard on yourself. Just do what you can. We just have to get through this. And the only way to do it is just be supportive. A couple of my uh, clients have had issues like in the marriage, you know, with each other because they're, they're home 24 seven. And, and you told me you were going to do this. And I you know, and, and no, you didn't, you know, you didn't tell me that. He, I mean, they're arguing and the stress will do that to you. And so we all need to take a deep breath, relax, give each other space as much as we can go for walks, 
just, you know, because there's nothing more we can do. Just keep telling ourselves this too shall pass. We're going to get through this. And that's the only way to get through the pandemic and, and the times we're living right now. My last question for you, Marie Luisa, is what can Latina women do during this time to build up resilience in ourselves and be a good role model to others? I think the most important thing that I see that I don't see enough of is the support between Latina women. And I I see a lot of envy of the success of other women. I see, you know, I see a lot of people uh, saying, oh my goodness, she copied my idea when somebody does, I don't know. uh, It would be like if I said, oh my gosh, I wrote an article and somebody copied my idea. Look, ideas and articles and stories and books, there's nothing new about them. What's new is how another person um, shares that idea or another person explains, you know, writes a story or because every one of us has different viewpoints. Every one of us has a talent. Every one of us has different uh, experiences in life. You know, for me as a Cuban immigrant, I, I see things so much different than someone else who didn't immigrate to this country. You know, I remember my parents uh, struggling through very difficult times when I was a little girl. We Money was very tight. So my experience in life, I'm very conservative when it comes to money, when it comes to the way I live. So all of our experiences, those are gifts. And each of us has gifts to share. And, and I, I see it with women all the time, the jealousy, the envy. And for me, that is just wasted energy that could be used on more positive things, you know, more positive ways. When you encourage another woman, you are also improving your life. And that's what we need to do. We need to support each other. Women sometimes are, we're so complicated. It's no wonder men don't understand it. (laughs) I mean, we're, we're so complicated and it's not that hard. It really isn't. It's not that hard. You know, we just support each other. Be happy for your friends. When you see someone that needs help, help them. Be authentic, you know, be genuine. And and yes, you're going to come across bad individuals in life. Yes, you're going to come across people that, you know, that do mean things to you, people that hurt you, but don't be one of them. Be a role model for others and for your children. I'm one of those people, Natalie, that believes that the more you give in life, the more the universe returns to you. And I really believe that. I think when you live your life with integrity, when you help others, when you're kind, when you when you live the right way and do the right things, the universe gives it back to you. Yes, yes, you get what you give. I totally believe in that as well. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you again so much, Maria Luisa. You offer amazing advice to parents and families. So it's greatly appreciated. And if anybody has any questions they might want to ask about parenting, then you can reach out to her. She's on Instagram and Facebook. And if you want to read some of her articles, go ahead and check out her website. It's called Family Life and Finding Happy, a parenting website and blog. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Mujeres in the Know podcast. It's Natalie here. Uh, Until next time, cuidado, por favor. Please be careful out there. And I'll talk to you guys later. Bye-bye.